Welcome to Conversations from the Leading Edge, a monthly radio show and podcast featuring interviews about extraordinary advances in the area of peace and conflict studies happening at or around Columbia University. Each month, we feature interviews with scientists and thought leaders who are conducting groundbreaking work aimed at managing conflict constructively and sustaining peace both locally and globally. My name is Peter T. Coleman, and I'm coming to you from the studios of WKCR at Columbia University. The show is sponsored by AC4, the Advanced Consortium on Cooperation, Conflict, and Complexity at the Earth Institute at Columbia University. And now for today's show. Great. Welcome. Wow. Well, it's such a wonderful honor and privilege um, to do this show today. My name is Michaela Latrell Rowland. I'm the program director for the Women, Peace, and Security program. And we're here today with Eliana Elias, who's the co-founder and executive director of Minga Peru and the FISA program. Um, Welcome, Eliana. It's so great that you're here with us. Could you just begin by sharing with us a little more about the history and work of Minga Peru? Thank you, Michaela, for having me today. It's an honor for me and my team to be able to share our story with your audience. Um, uh, Minga Peru is a non-for-profit Peruvian organization that promotes social justice and um, human dignity by working especially with women from rural communities of the, of the Peruvian Amazon. Mm. And can you tell us a little bit about sort of how the the program began and how long you all have existed? Yeah, it's, it's a very happy year for us. Mm. We are celebrating 20 years and um, yeah, we work uh, basically in the in, in, in the Amazonian region of Loreto in Peru, which is a huge region. It's about almost a third part of the all the Peruvian territory. Wow. And you've just recently had, you you have a much wider reach than just Peru, right? Yes, we are celebrating 20 years uh, this year. It's a very happy year for us. And we, in the process of these 20 years, we have learned many, many things. And we are super happy to be able to share them with nonprofits organizations working throughout Latin America and the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. So like which countries, for example? Well, we're sharing what we have learned with, uh, of course, Peruvian organizations, also organizations in Ecuador, um, um, Guatemala, Honduras, El Salvador, yeah. Wow. Dominican Republic. Yeah. And some others, yes. And what's the main mission and and core programs of Minga Peru? Minga Peru started uh, with our mission of promoting social justice and human dignity. Basically, working with women and youth in these rural communities of Loreto. And we do it by uh, implementing three different programs. The first one is the radio program, as this program, because uh, our intention was to not impose anything or impose any agenda to the people. No? We want to open the discourse, the public discourse, and encourage people to, to let us know what they feel are the main needs in their own communities. So we invite them to send letters. No, by 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 boat, canoes, any ways they can send their letters to our radio program, and we use them to design the scripts of our radio program. Our radio program's name is Bienvenida Salud, mm. which means welcome health in Spanish. And uh, since then, we have received forty thousand letters. Wow! From all the region, you know, letters that go through boats for two weeks, one week, and. We pick them up in the port of Iquitos, and we use them to design 
any of the scripts. So it's basically the voice of the people, mm. the main source for our radio program. After that, some years after that, we, we saw that there were women who were particularly committed to Bienvenida Salud and making a change. So we invite them to become part of our training program. And this is how we started our community promoters, promotoras comunitarias program. And now they are amazing leaders doing great things for their communities. Mm. And uh, they were the ones who told us, why don't we start an income generating and natural resource management program? And this is how we started with fish ponds, uh, agroforestry farms, and handcrafts. Wow. And so tell me more about that part of the program. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. You know, that some of the of the women who were listening to the radio program, they really wanted to get committed into a, uh, a more deep, more personal empowerment process, and that's what we offer through training. It's a two year and a half training program by which women learn about rights, about health, about um, uh, how to become an, an a leader, and also um, how to manage income generating and natural resource management program projects. And this is what they do, they share, mm -hmm. because that's part of the richness of the culture, no? They naturally share with their, not only family, but with the community, no? Mm -hmm. uh, which is a, a very strong feeling in the Amazonian, in the Amazonian culture, no? The mm -hmm. importance of community. That's, and this is how they share what they learn in, in workshops. And this is how the program is getting so, so big, mm -hmm. thanks to them and how brave are women and families in the, these rural areas. Because we all know change is not easy. Mm. No? Change is always hard. Yeah. And to take the risk of living a different life no? and to share with others is, I mean, they have all the credit for the success of this program. Mm, that's incredible. You gave me the image, the beautiful image of sort of hand-sewed letters that some people would actually sew up the letters. What, what are some of the stories from some of the letters that you've heard over the years from, from the people? Well, it's an, it's an amazing source of stories, no? We have them all in our office. Some of them are letters from men sharing how hard is it for them to stop being machistas mm -hmm. and support their women on attending to a workshop, let's say. Mm -hmm. Some others, and we, of course, not only congratulate them, but also encourage them to continue changing, no? going through this process of having a more respectful relationship with their partners. Um, others are letters from women just uh, sharing or asking for advice on uh, health issues or on how to be a good leader or celebrating that they are reforesting or the success of the, of the new incomes that they are able to get through their projects, no? Mm -hmm. And how they are investing their money on make, on sending their, their girls, their daughters to school, mm. which is so, so important. Yeah. And so it's amazing to think about all the different stories that come through, and then you use those stories and those questions and those letters to form the scripts for the radio program. Is that how? Exactly. It's mm -hmm. completely participatory. So it's they are able to, to listen to their own stories, to listen to their own voices, no, mm -hmm. and be proud of, of all the knowledge they have, no. They mm -hmm. they are they are very very wise people. They have lots of knowledge. They are very brave, and that's what we share in the radio program. Mm -hmm. And you all use the term communications for social change. Can you tell me a little bit more about sort of what that means in this context, or what that means in general? Well, it's a very big concept, <laughs> no, uh, to say. In to say it in a very simple way, we think that communication, in our experience, communication for social change is a tool 
that, that helps you on being able on how to deliver your message in a way that can shift an equitable power relationships into more equitable mm-hmm. power relationships. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a tool for strengthening identity and it's a, it's a way to highlight the voices of those who are not being heard. Mm. And so when you're in the communities you work with, who is who are those people who, who sort of are the marginalized communities that you most work with and, and reach out to? Well, the rural area in general is very isolated. Mm-hmm. Mm, but uh, of course, women are the ones who have less chances to leave the community and exchange and have more opportunities. No? Mm-hmm. Always women and girls. Mm. And so in this in this for th- for women and girls in particular and for the work you all are doing what is sort of the idea of peace and security mean or what does that look like in your work well that's another big question <laughs> no? but if i go back to my memories with women um it's impossible f- to, to to have a, a a peaceful life if you are not proud about who you are i mean it's very linked with identity no Mm-hmm. If you if you're not proud of who you are, how you look, what you know, where you come from, what your roots are, you know, if you are not um, you're not s- strong enough in your own identity, it's if you still suffer from discrimination, mm-hmm. if you don't have chances in life to thrive, I- it's very hard to live a peaceful life. If you live under violence, under gender-based violence, if if it's very very hard to live in peace. So peace has to do with all those variables I was telling you before. Mm-hmm. And security, well, what comes to my mind when you ask me that is when women are able to produce their own means, mm. when they have their own projects, mm-hmm. when they can decide, uh, when they have the money to take care of their own health, mm-hmm. you know, um, that's a way of empowerment. That's that's a way of feeling s- secure. Mm. No? Mm. That's so powerful, particularly in terms of seeing both the, the design of your program and then also the results and the ways that you all are impacting people to see their own work in new ways. Um, when you think about the sort of things that you all have achieved over the years and the results and sort of impact you have had for the families and for the communities and for the women and girls, how do you think about it or how do you talk about those that impact? Well, I think we're very happy to see that there is a decrease in, in, in violence against women, especially in the communities where we work. Uh, We're happy to see women uh, being leaders now, having a voice, uh, being elected as leaders for the community all. Uh, We are seeing women now um, presenting projects and executing projects for the the benefit of all the community. We are seeing girls now attending to school, all of them in the communities where we are working, mainly all of them, and we are seeing women being able to 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 have um, a voice on on the, how many kids they have, when to have them, so to have them in a in a in a, in a healthy way, you know, in, a, in the moment where they feel they are ready. Um, so yeah, we we're seeing lots of change. We're seeing people taking care of the environment in a better way. Mm. You no, know, we are working in many areas in Loreto, but also around the in the buffer zone of the Pacaya Samiria National Reserve. Wow. And so thinking about the environment and, and the relationship between this program and the environment, um, is it just mostly through the programs directly or they're also indirectly working uh, to change their relationship in, with their environment? 
So um, for the Amazonian people, the, they feel part of nature. Mm-hmm. No, so for them it's not that they could be okay and nature could be in, in a bad way. So um, for them it's very, very important to take care of the place, of their home, of the forest. Mm-hmm. No? By doing these income generating and natural resource management programs, they are not only making some money for them, but they are also doing things that are good for the environment. Mm-hmm. No? They are reforesting, uh, they are protecting in endangered species, um, they are doing handcrafts in a way that it's not ruin- ruining the environment. You know, um, they are having fish ponds and things that are good for their own empi- environment. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, I think that work must be even more important now in this, you know, moment. I'm wondering how over time, you know, the, the larger environmental situation has changed in Peru or in the area you're working that has impacted the work that you're having to do? Well, you can see signs of what's going on and the climate change and how it, it's having impact you know, everywhere. And of course, in the Amazon, you could see that how the rains and everything has changed. And that has a direct impact, of course, o- always in the more poor. And these are very poor communities, very isolated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So can you tell me about the FISA program? VISA is a, is a great opportunity for us to share with grassroots organizations throughout Latin America and the Caribbean what we have learned in this process. We have learned about the importance of strategic communication for social change. We have seen how powerful is this tool for change and how we need to learn about, about, uh, about it. No? So for us, it's, it's, it's really an honor to, be, to, to share this with grassroots in all these these countries and to learn from them of course mm. yeah this cross learning seems so important and so rich um what do you feel like has been some of the key milestones or the key um it, you know thing that you feel proud about when you think about the FISA program I feel proud to be part of a we, a facilitator of this process where grassroots throughout the region can exchange their knowledge mm. and challenges and successes um, I'm very proud to see how grassroots are being able to communicate who they are, their institutional identity, in a more effective way. I'm very proud to see how they are uh, communicating in a better way the impact of the amazing work they do. I'm very proud to see them strategizing on their communications and being um, more effective in the way they do their communication tools and uh, for the amazing causes they are promoting. And I feel very, very happy when I see them being successful at uh, mobilizing resources in a local level, but also internationally. Mm. And <clears throat> it's so wonderful to think about this question of really what it would mean to really do communications for social change and, and how deep that could go on many of the learnings and many of the, um, as you say, peer-to-peer knowledge and exchanges. If people wanted to learn more about your work or to get involved, what, what would be the best way to do that? Well, I invite them to go to www.mingaperu.org and send us uh, questions. And if we are always looking for volunteers, there's a lot of challenges, but also opportunities to join this uh, amazing work I feel proud to be part of. And contact us. <laughs> Great. Okay, Eliana, thank you so much for this opportunity and, and to speak with you today. Thank you, Michaela, and, and all my recognition for the amazing work that you are promoting as well. Thank you. 
The music for this show was written and composed by Kevin Johnston and is titled Kingdom Stowaway.